if you can only invest in one thing, invest in yourself because Amen. nobody can take away your knowledge. Nobody can take away the skills. And, you know, even if you've failed, like I have so many, we have so many businesses, you know, we talk a lot about the things that we've done well in, but there's so many things that we've just have lost so much money in or failed, but that's where you learn too. So no matter what you're investing in yourself and the knowledge and nobody can take that away. No one. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey ladies, listen up. Before we get started with this episode today, I wanted to let you know the Decide It's Your Turn Mastermind is now open for enrollment. I've been doing this mastermind for over four years now and women are walking away more confident, more in their purpose, more in alignment to do the thing that they are absolutely put on this planet to do. You don't have to have a business, but if you do, I guarantee you'll walk away more confident to make those sales. If you need more confidence to live a life that you're absolutely obsessed with, you will walk away more in alignment than ever before. This mastermind includes one-on-one coaching with me. This is what sets it apart. My job is to make sure I hold you accountable to living a life that you're absolutely obsessed with, and I know this mastermind is the thing to do it. Connect with me on Instagram at bchristina, check the show notes, send me an email. Seats are filling up fast. One-on-one coaching is included in this four-month mastermind. I'd love to have you there, and I can't wait. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, my guest is Kara Ayala. We are going to talk about everything living life on your own terms. We also talk about Marriage, Money, and Mayhem. And funny enough, that's the name of Kara's podcast. You guys are going to love today's episode. Hey, y'all, welcome back. Like I said, Kara Ayla is with us today, and I'm so excited to have her. She's actually spoken in my Women's Mastermind. She's a money mindset coach. She's all of the things. But one of the things that I really, really love about Kara and her uh, husband, Mike, is the fact that they talk about money mindset all the time and living life on your own terms. And your podcast, Mike's podcast, I've totally dug for a really long time. You guys actually talk about real life things that I think are so important. And I don't have children, but one of the things that you always talk about is how you raise your kids. And I wanted to jam on all of those things because, you know, as someone who's never going to have kids, I don't really have a huge opinion on what everyone else does. I think everyone does what they are, what they believe is best for their kids. But I do believe if I ever had kids, I would probably like be in the mindset that you are. Cause I just dig so many of the things that you say. So before we really truly dive in, I would love for you to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and all the things and we can go from there. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. It's always an honor and a privilege to be in any kind of room that you're in. So 
I love everything about you. Your energy is always so great. So thank you for having me. Um, a little bit about me. Um, gosh, I don't even know where to start. You want me to like go way back or you want you to go way back go if here? you want? I, I do think that your story is really, really helpful because you and Mike didn't like yield to kind of talk about it. you guys didn't come from much. And now you live this like unbelievable life on purpose and you are living it on your own terms. And I think it's really, really helpful for anyone who starts following you after this podcast, if they don't already know you, I don't know why they wouldn't, but, um, if they don't already know you, I think it's really easy for people to look at someone's social media and be like, oh yeah, of course, that's easy for her to say. But I think when you start from the beginning and you're like, oh yeah, it didn't always look like this. I think that that's really, really helpful to a lot of people because you are an inspiration and you do show people that, yeah, it is possible from going to like, oh my God, how are we going to pay this bill to having this incredible life that you now have? Yeah. Yeah. So just rewriting like way back then. Um, so my husband and I got married really young, right out of high school, actually. Um, I was 19 and he was 20. And we quickly started having kids. So neither of us went to college or anything. Neither of us come from families that have money or, you know, no entrepreneurs or anything like that. Um, so it didn't really even like cross our minds to do something like that. Although my husband has always had an entrepreneurial spirit, I would say. Um, so we got married. He was a plumber and I worked in the doctor's office and we had our first child and just for living life, right? Like just doing, doing what everybody else around us was doing. Um, my husband was trying to, you know, he was, he, he was trying to climb the ladder in our company that he was, or his company that he was working at. And, um, and then we had two more kids and he really was doing really well in his company and got to promoted to like a, um, a supervisor position. But here's the deal is he was working out of town the entire time I was pregnant with my third child. And so I was basically a stay at, stay at home, single mom, because for me, I was making like probably 12 dollars an hour, maybe not even $12 an hour at my job. And I couldn't even go to work anymore because it cost me money to pay for childcare. So I was like at home with these two toddlers, nine months pregnant, and he would come home on the weekends, wash his clothes and head out. And he was just gone the, the entire time. Couldn't even make one of my doctor's appointments. And one day we just woke up and we're like, why are we doing this? You know, like this is our life. And we had always kind of like dream, we have been big dreamers and wanted like this great family. That was like our main focus of like, we wanted to build this great family. And in my mind, I thought that if you were an entrepreneur, you didn't get to spend time with like your family, you just like devoted it all to. And so I kind of was turned off by it, but I'm like, well, we don't see each other anyways. So let's go for this. Like, let's just go all in. And so we opened our first business, which was a plumbing and HVAC company. And that's kind of like the start of our journey of of really taking control of our lives. Yeah. Um, I want to ask that question. I was just like, I wrote it down while you were talking. Was there like a ton of stress on your marriage when you guys first started, when you were by yourselves? Because you guys have been married, what, is it 25 years or 20? 22. Yeah. 22. Okay. Because I know you just celebrated an anniversary. I, I thought it was like one of the bigger ones, but you guys celebrate everything in life, which I fucking love. Um, <laughs> 22 years of marriage. And so many people, I, I, I do believe, that marriage is one of the greatest blessings in my whole entire life. Like my marriage is absolutely, there's no doubt about it. The number one thing in my life, I'd give everything up for it today. Um, but I know that you and Mike have a solid marriage as well. In the beginning, when he was away so often and you were pregnant with your third child and you guys were just like the rat race of it all, was there ever a point in time where you said like, this is not going to work? Did you guys, were you ever there? Because I know so many people are struggling with this right now, at least in my community. And I'd love for us to talk about this. 
Yeah. I don't think that we like crossed the bridge of like, uh, let's, let, let's yeah. just be done. Yeah. But it was very, very stressful. And when I look back at it, it was almost like, I thought this is what we have to do. This, this is just life. Like he's helped trying to support our family. Like this is just what we have to do. But I actually opened some journals a while ago and I was so sad during that time. And I actually didn't remember how sad I was. And the other thing that was really hard is he would come home and he, we were young, you know, he would come home and he would like want to hang out with his friends too. So he would sometimes come home and go like hang out with his friends. And I would be just like at home, like, like so sad because I have all these kids and I'm working my ass off being a mom. And then he would come home. So yes, that was a very, very stressful time. And that communication of like, Hey, like I actually need you when you are home. These like one day, I need you to show up for us as like a dad and, and a husband too. Yeah. Do you think that you guys taking the leap together in your relationship, do you think that everyone can do that? Or do you think that it took a certain thing that you guys had in you willing to do that, that kind of like saved your marriage at that point in time? Like, what is it about you guys that made that work? Cause I know that there's so many people that like look and go, well, my husband wouldn't be willing to do this, or I don't think I'm willing to do that. And I think that comes up for so many people. And it's like, what it like, I know Nathan and I, like we were probably five years into our marriage when we're just, or maybe not even five years, maybe three years into our marriage. And we like started going to marriage counseling. We'd been together for like 12, 13 years before that, but we were like, wow, we got to do something different. And for, and I always say, I'm so blessed that he was willing to go one time. And I think that like some people say to me, well, what if they're not willing to go one time? Like, what was it about you guys that you were willing to like start this company, which is a huge, massive, you know, quote unquote risk, which turned into like this beautiful experience, obviously ups and downs along the way. But like, what was it about you guys that like you were both willing to do that? Do you think? I honestly think, I always say this, and I think it's, it might sound weird to some people, but one thing that I think is really a like glue in our marriage is dreaming, dreaming together. And we've always been really good at like setting big dreams. Like in the beginning, it was really funny dreams. Like we both thought we were going to be like undercover cops. So, you know, <laughs> it's hilarious. But um, I think that that's something that's really like, we've always had that really good communication of like what's possible and what could we do that would be really cool. Um, but then I think too, I was, you know, I, like I said, I was kind of not really wanting to go down the entrepreneurial journey because of what in my mind I thought it would be. And then also having, and I think that this is why it's so important to think about our money mindset, because sometimes the beliefs that we have aren't ours. They're passed down like generationally, and it can not even be things that are said directly to you. But my grandfather was, um, they came over from Italy. They had this like ranch for, you know, generations. And he went into business with somebody and didn't do his due diligence with that partner. And they took everything, took the ranch, like all of this, you know. And so that was always something that was kind of spoken about it in our family. Not like you shouldn't be an entrepreneur, but now looking back on like that really affected me as a person of, you know, it wasn't something that was directly said to me. So like really unpacking, like, why do you believe the things you believe? And I think the cool thing is that I just got to the point because my husband was always kind of like, we should do this, we should do that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, let's play it safe. Like, you know, no risk. Um, but I think I, we got to the point. So I think, yes, anybody can do what we did. And I think it's just like really looking at your life like this, this is the life that I want to live. And I think we got to the point where it was like, we were living our worst case scenario. 
And I think most people are living their worst case scenario. You would always go back. Oh, yes. So true. There's just so much of that. Like I always say, like we are no longer our parents' stories and whether it's your parents or your grandparents or whatever, but like oftentimes you just carry these stories that are not even true for you. Like you in your partnership or you as an individual, you and your business, they are not true for you. They happen for someone else, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be true for you. So I love that you said that. And like people wanting to like, I think the pandemic was like this beautiful example of like, everyone's like, okay, I'm so safe. I'm so safe in this nine to five. And then all of a sudden that shit blew up and it's like, that's no longer safe. So everything that you thought was safe was like, actually blown up in front of you. So I, I actually think it's a huge blessing. And so like, I love the pandemic in so many regards. Yes. It's a fucking shit show half the time too, but at the same time too, like it was such a, a great thing that like the thing that you thought you had that was so safe is like literally not safe anymore. So why not take the risk to do the thing that may not be safe. And like you said, you can always come back to where you are. Like no one is going to take, like that is something I think is so key too, is like no one is going to take away, you know, I'm 30, almost nine years old. Like no one's going to take away the last 39 years of my life. Like I can always go back to what I had if the thing that I'm doing isn't working. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And I think even too, thinking if you do have to go back, we rarely ever go back. You rarely see somebody go back. And if they do go back, it's like two steps back to go a different direction, right? So just like really looking at that. And I like that you brought up like security or safety, um, because I think that's an illusion. I think it's something we've been, it's a lie we've been fed. Um, And we have a mentor, we always talk about Robert Kiyosaki, he said, if you want security, go to prison. Because that's like the highest security that you have. You have your meals, like you're safe there. You have a roof over your head. Everything's like planned out for you. And we've been fed this lie that security is something, you know, like, like you said, like anything can be swiped up from under us. So how do we step out of that need for feeling like secure when really it's not even a true security? Oh, it's so true. I think the real, like, like you said, prison, that's a really good one. I never heard that before, but like, I think the real security is like trust in yourself, confidence in yourself, decision in yourself. Like as crazy as it is, like to some people, like, I know that I know that I know that I know I'll always figure it out. Do I believe that like, it can be hard? Do I believe that it's going to be a shit show? Do I believe that there's going to be like a thousand hurdles? Absolutely. Like crying all the things, but like deep with inside my soul, I know that I'll always be able to figure it out. And I think that that is built by always willing to do like one tiny little small thing or one hard thing or whatever it is. Like over the years, I've like, it like almost clicked one day. I was like, oh fuck, like I will always figure this out. And I like, I love when it clicks for like other people and clients and friends and all the things. I'm like, no matter what, you figured out how to get to today. So you'll figure out how to get to tomorrow. Yes, uh, I love that so much. And even thinking like, you know, try just figuring it out. Like that's why I love investing in yourself. Um, And I always am like, if you can only invest in one thing, invest in yourself because nobody can take away your knowledge. Nobody can take away the skills. And, you know, even if you've failed, like so many, we have so many businesses, you know, we talk a lot about the things that we've done well in, but there's so many things that we've just have lost so much money in or failed, but that's where you learn too. So no matter what you're investing in yourself and the knowledge and nobody can take that away. No one. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Totally agree with you. So going back to you guys started your own plumbing company and then you guys got into like what you guys do. And my husband does is a little bit similar, but you guys do um, mobile home parks. Is that correct? That's your main investment. Yeah, right. Actually right now we're, we're kind of dabbling in some other things too, okay. but yes. Yes, that has been. But that's how you left company. the plumbing company was going into that. People always ask, like, how do you start that? And I'd love to know, like, from your side, because I wasn't with my husband when he started in 1992. Um, <laughs> I was there 10 years later, but not, you know, in 92. But how do you actually, how would you tell someone if they were wanting to invest in something? What would you say is the best way to start doing something like that? Do you have any opinions on that? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just tell you the story of how we did. Yeah. Um, so we opened our company and quickly realized, you know, we, start, we hired a coach because we knew we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but they asked us a question that I just love still to this day. And they said, if your business isn't providing you the lifestyle that you desire, then you just own a job. Hmm. And so while we had like stepped out of this, like working for somebody else, we were working for ourselves. We still were like so tied to it. So we had to start shifting our mindset. You know, it's like a, a progression of like shifting, shifting. We're still continually shifting. Right. Um, but so at that point we were like, okay, so we didn't have 401ks, you know, in our minds, that's what we were thinking was going to be our retirement and just thinking we got to bring other people into our business to help us with this business. Otherwise it's going to always be our time. So bringing in um, key people into our business was our first step. But then also we decided we were going to buy rent. We knew somebody who had rentals. So we were like, okay, if we buy two properties, two single home properties a year for the next 10 years, and we'll be able to retire when we're 60. That was our mindset at that point. Um, so that was our goal. We, and I think like that's a really great place to start is something like that, like buy a single family home. Um, we invested in and it quickly grew because as you start like looking for things, you know, like when you're looking for a red car or you get by a red car, you see red car everywhere. So that's what started happening to us. Um, but so we bought our first two the first year. And then the second year we found our first mobile home park. So for years, we just built up this passive income through real estate. I think one thing that is um, really key though, is real estate can become a business too. So depending on how you're, if you're wanting to invest just for passive income, um, it's better to just like invest in some properties, hire a property management company, like, so it's more passive and with passive income. I always think like, there's always going to be a little bit of active in the beginning. Right. Thank God you just said that. I had that conversation with one of my clients yesterday. She's like, oh, well, I just want to create all these passive streams of income. And I was like, girl, I totally understand. Like, I do believe that you know, you can a little bit, but like, it's just like everything. Like I, there's not one property that my husband owns that there's not so fucking much work that has to be done with it. Like someone's fixing something, someone's taking rent, someone's paying a lease, someone's paying a tax, even like an online course in this online space. It took time to advertise it, create it, market it, all of the things. So I, I am a fan of multiple streams. I just don't really, I'm not a huge fan of the word passive because I don't know if there's a ton of passive things. And so I'm kind of the proponent of like, listen, everything takes some sort of fucking action. <laughs> yes. Especially in the beginning. I think things can become passive totally. and you can invest with other, you know, other people and totally. know their expertise. But I think that that is something, I think it's a disservice that we do for people too, because, you know, there's all this talk of become an entrepreneur, you know, and 
work for yourself. Like it's a lot of freaking work. So just knowing up front that you're going to have to put in that everybody has to put in the time to get to where they want to be. Right. And I think that there's such a, I don't know what it is right now. Like just the easy road, you know, like the passive income, the, and, and I'm all for passive income. Like, believe me, like that's multiple streams. I'm all for it. But just knowing that like, when you get into something like that, you have to put in some sweat equity, right? You have to, whether it's, you've just made a lot of money, sweat equity in whatever career you're in, and you're going to deploy that, or you're going to actually take on whatever it is you're investing in, like real estate or, you know, a business, whatever it is, you have to have a little bit of, you have to have some skin in the game. Totally agree. 110%. Like even the stock market or whatever, like the million dollars or $10 you put in the stock market, you had to earn that somewhere doing something. So I just think that if we can get out of the mentality that like everything should just be super easy. And like, I do believe things are like, there's a flow to them 110%, but like, there's got to be some sort of action that created the ability to take a different action that creates more of a passive where you can put your time on something else. But something that you said there that I think is super important when we're talking about like living life on your own terms, you said being an employee and an entrepreneur, not everyone who listens to this podcast is an entrepreneur. Let's be honest. Most people are not. Do you believe you can live life on your own terms, being an employee and an entrepreneur? Employee and an entrepreneur? Like, like, can you be, an, can you be, can you be employed by someone? Sorry that I said that the wrong way. Can okay. you be in a traditional job and be an employee versus owning your own company and living your life on your own terms? Like, can you have a boss and be living life on your own terms? Yes. I think it's tricky. And I think it's tricky because I think a lot of people get um, into a job that they probably hate. So I think paying attention to, to, is this actually feeding me? And, you know, sometimes we do things like plumbing in HVAC company was not very sexy. It wasn't something like I dreamed of doing or my husband our whole lives. Right. So I'm not saying like it has to give you passion, but I think there are definitely like, not everybody is an entrepreneur. Actually, I think it's like 10% of people are actual true entrepreneurs. You might be self-employed or, you know, your own boss, but I don't think that everybody is an entrepreneur. So yes, I do believe that, but I think it is a little trickier. And I think the key is making sure you have those passive incomes and then making sure that the job that you are working, the thing that you're spending hours doing is something that's maybe feeding more than just, it's more than money, right? Like it feeds a little bit of passion or, you know, you like the people around you, something like that, because I think it's really easy to get into a job and you just work for the money. Yeah, 110%. Like, I mean, how many people have you met along your journey? And, uh, you know, I'm sure clients of yours that come to you and all the things where they're freaking so miserable, but they're afraid to quit because they're like, well, I make good money. I'm like, that's like at the end of your life, you're not taking that with you. So you better enjoy at least a little bit of it along the way. And some of the happiest people, you know, are the people who make like, you know, just a pretty normal income and they're just happy, happy, happy because they're doing something that they want to do. So what is your and Mike and your, you know, your kids, you, you guys have four kids, right? Three kids. Three kids. I'm sorry. You just said that. Well, my son has a girlfriend and she's always, okay. She's always in the photos, the wakeboard. Okay. That's why there's four people in the photos. I've always felt like I knew this. Sorry. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What does like living life on your own terms? Like, what does that even mean to you guys? Um, well, what we've taught our kids is making sure that like what they, you know, we have young adults right now, so we've never pushed any kind of 
agenda on them. I think also there can be two things. So you're either the parent that's like, and not, not that you are either, but I think that this is common. You're a parent that's pushing college, really, really pushing, like, you got to get a degree, you got to get a degree, you got to go to college so you can get a good job, right? Um, or there's the parents who are entrepreneurs and they're like, come into our business and you're going to take it over. And so that was something that we never wanted. We're like, you're welcome to join our business, but also let's go and find something that you truly love. Um, and I think that's one thing we've always just kind of invested in, like what their interests are and have them like, go for it, just go and try it. And you can always come work in the business if it, <laughs> if it doesn't work out. But I just, I don't, I don't like the, the pushing of our own agendas as parents onto our kids, like let them figure it out and kind of make some mistakes. And which is really hard. Like young adults are really hard to watch them. Cause you're like, oh, that's, you're gonna that not going you know? well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as a parent, you like want to protect, but that's the best thing that can happen is allowing them to make their own decisions. And I think that's something I kind of going off on a tangent. I know it's not the question you asked me. No, I love but, it. Um, <laughs> but I think that's something too, like they're younger kids these days cannot think critically. Well, even young adults, like 20s, 30s, we're not taught to think critically for ourselves. It's just, this is the way it is. There's no questioning. Instead of like questioning, is this how I want to live my life? So um, I think every day just looking and you no, know, I think it was Steve Jobs is like, if I wake up how many days in a row, I don't even know I'm going to get it so wrong. And I'm like, I hate what I'm doing. Like I need to, I need to reevaluate. So I think continually reevaluating is this the life that we set out because it's really easy to be like, go for your dream. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you're doing all these things you really didn't set out. And we've had to pull back and be like, oh, that's not what we want many, many times. Yeah. I love how you teach your kids that. So again, you know, like we don't, we're choosing not to have children, but, um, I think it's so cool. Like there's certain people, you know, I feel like I, I have this beautiful, um, perspective on parenting because like I work with so many parents and I obviously have tons, like 99% of the people I know are a parent, right? You know what I mean? Most people are, but I do feel like I have this like beautiful perspective that like, if I were to ever have a kid, I'd be like, it would be pretty cool because I'd, I've seen so many things that I really like and I have seen other things that I'm just like, ah, that's probably wouldn't be for me. But how I feel like so many parents try to protect their children from failure and try to protect their kids and think that they know what's best for them. Where did you like, where did that come about with you and Mike, where you're just like, we're just going to let our kids like fall and be okay with them falling, even though it probably hurt, like you're sad about it for them, but you're allowing them to do their own thing and be who they are. And I just have mad respect for that. Like how, where did you, where did that come from? Well, it's definitely not easy. So um, <laughs> I'll just give the example of my our oldest son. He's a professional wake surfer and he just, I mean, he loves it. And um when he was probably 19, we were like, Hey, maybe you should like try to make a career out of this. Kind of, you know, just suggesting like, see, you have like probably five good years, six good years to really go for it and make something out of this. And he was like all excited about it. Started doing like lessons for people. And in the beginning days, it's so cool as a parent to look back, but in the beginning days, my husband is really, um, if you ever work with him, he's like the nicest guy ever, but he's very like straightforward. There's no, you know, so we opened a business with our son of like, he's going to do lessons and he has sponsorships and all this stuff. And it was very challenging for me as a mom, because I was like, 
uh, I, he would, I, I actually have never seen my, I don't know if he'd want me to talk about this, but um, him cry as much, my oldest son during that period of like 18, 19 um, than ever in his whole life. And so there was a lot of stress because, you know, my husband was like, if you want this to be a business, like, but he didn't have the understanding, but I think it's so beautiful because it was like his own schooling, right. Of like understanding. And so um, during that time, I think that was probably the most stress that my husband and I have ever had in our marriage, to be honest, because I am being mama bear over here. Like, Hey, this is our son. Like, why do you protect him? And I remember looking at my husband because he used to be um, really into drugs too, which is whole other story um but I'm like what were you doing at 19 or 18 years old I would like you know kind of come back with that so we kind of found a balance between him being so kind of pushing and hard driven of like this is how you run a business um and then me and the softness so I think it was like a balance and then at one point we just kind of backed off we're like it's either going to work or it's not and I think that that was, and he moved out and he did his own thing. And literally the last probably year, I'm so impressed with all the things he's, he's like creating all of these different things. He just created a course and his, his business is actually blowing up. And, but it was really hard in those beginning days. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't know if this is going to work. Like you're going to have to put, show up like something like that. You have to show up on social media. And he was like, kind of you know, and I think you see this a lot with younger people, like on social media, they're either like all in or they don't post at all. That's what mm-hmm. I've noticed. So like, you have to show up, you know? So that was kind of a, a fun time to like, not fun. It wasn't fun, but now looking back, I'm like, it's so cool to see like the journey that he's went through. And then our middle son, he's going to like a music or not music producing for like movies. So it's just cool to like, let them go out. And he's like living in LA and doing his thing. And you know, it's terrifying as a parent, but you're also like, hey, they are like, this is this is the time of growth. Yeah, so cool. I was actually speaking, like where you're talking about the social media thing, I was actually invited back to my old university where I played college golf and I was speaking to like a group of athletes. There was like 50 or 60 of them. And I was telling them, you know, like social media can be this like beautiful tool right now, especially because I guess the NCAA just this year allows athletes now to use their personal image to make money. And before the NCAA never allowed that, like, I mean, you were in big trouble if you did that. Well, now they want you to, right? So now how do you brand yourself for companies, like even local companies? That's what this engagement was about is like how to brand yourself for like a local company. So they'll sponsor you or whatever. And I do find it so interesting because like we never grew up you know I think you and I are relatively the same age and um we never grew up with social media we never grew up with like I mean I when I was on uh, reality television I remember getting hate comments on blogs but thank god we didn't have social media at the time I'm like fuck how do kids do it now yeah (laughs) I like do not envy them at all but I also think too that like showing up in that age is got to be a difficult thing. Like some people can show up and just be so authentically themselves. And then other people just compare the hell out of themselves and not think that they're good enough. And so, yeah, I think it's just so it's a weird dynamic with kids and it's a beautiful, I think they live in absolutely, I, I believe we live in one of the greatest times ever. I mean, you can literally make money off your fucking cell phone. Like how mm-hmm. insane, mind blowing is that? But it's also like, you know, the other side of the coin is, wow, there is a lot of, comparison and bullshit and like worrying mm-hmm. about what everyone else is doing. So I think it's really cool that you helped your son through that stage. And now he's kind of deciding to do what's best for him kind of along the way. I think it's a really cool lesson for parents to 
you know, just kind of let their kids be their kids and like, they're going to fall on their face. And I think that's one of the greatest lessons. Like, you know, we learn from our lessons. I think a lot of people, you know, and you're, you and I are probably have the same thoughts on this, but like the greatest lessons in my life are the biggest failures. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it's never fun. Like when you're in it, you're just like, oh my gosh, like, like how you're saying like the crying and the stress and like, it's never, ever fun. And it's, I think, I do think it's kind of cliche when we're like, let's learn for your failures. Like, like really, really. No, <laughs> but really, it. yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so hard to like, be like, but when you're in it, you're just like, sometimes when I'm in a hard season, I'm like, okay, this is teaching me, but it's only because I've went through other hard seasons that you can I think experience. It's also, it. you probably, because you know what we were talking about, like you and Mike have for years invested in yourself and been surrounding yourself with mentors and all the things. And I think, you know, that's why I think it's so important because that you realize that like you're number one, you're not alone. (laughs) Like that's huge. Like, Oh, look, everyone else that's like had some success in life has fallen on their ass too. Okay, cool. I'm not that special. Right. But you have the tools and the techniques now to keep moving forward and keep like progressing. Um, what are you, what are you guys up to now? I know you both have a podcast and you are both, you guys have your, uh, is your couple's ma- uh, mastermind still happening? Yes, it is. So fun. Yeah. Um, what are you guys up to now? That's like really allowing you, like, what's this next season look like now that the kids are out of the house? Like, what does this next season look like for you guys of really creating and like living life on your own terms, which I love. Yeah. Well, we actually have a lot of things, um, in the works right now. Um, we are doing some Airbnb um, funds, and then also still continuing with our mobile home park um, funds. And then also some, we're actually buying some HVAC companies. So kind of going back to what we were doing before. Um, So we have a lot of things going on as far as that's concerned. Um, This next year, I'm kind of pulling back a little, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'll still do my podcast and I'm still, we're still doing couples mastermind. Um, It's my last year with my daughter. And I just want to really savor this time of you know, I have the rest of my life to do all kinds of things. Um, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm currently doing, but I'm not really pushing anything um, as far as that's concerned. So let's keep investing and um, going in that direction. I think the thing I'm most excited about business-wise is probably, um, and just like giving back is our couples mastermind because it's it's such a fun, fun group of people. And it's really cool when couples come together and grow together. And I think that that's one thing that I'm always you know, looking at in masterminds and in groups, there's always like one person there and their spouses at home, you know, and they're like dragging them along. And that was something that we just noticed. It's like, there needs to be a union of, we can do this together. We're not, it's not like one person charging ahead. Like let's charge together. So what I, I'm obsessed with that. And so many people like, you know, like what the number one question I've always got is how did you get your husband on board? How did you get your, like you two, right? I'm sure like Mm -hmm. between the two of you, that's like the number one question. So what's your answer to that? I always, I have my answer on how I got my husband or because, well, that's not the answer. I didn't get my husband doing shit, (laughs) Um, but how, what is your best advice on if there's someone listening to this podcast and they're moving ahead in their self-development journey, their business, whatever it is, and their partner just doesn't feel like they just don't feel like their partner understands. And it's kind of creating more of space than bringing them together. What is your suggestion on that? Well, I think it's inviting them on the journey because I think a lot of times when we are growing, we're growing at such a fast, fast pace when you're in that, like, oh, growth mode. And like, I'm joining this mastermind. 
you grow so much during those times. So inviting them along and then doing some things together too, because I'm trying to think like back in the day, we joined our first mastermind. Actually, my husband joined it, but we went to a conference and they were like, we have this mastermind, but if he wouldn't have invited me, I could, I wouldn't have been in that room and in that environment. So I think inviting them along on your journey, even if they can't come to all the things, like Mike and I do lots of things separately, but we go to enough things together that we feel the energy so that when we come back, we know what that felt like almost, you know what I mean? Like, so when he comes back from something and he's like, okay, this is what I experienced. This is where the direction I'm thinking. There's like a, almost like a recap when he comes home. It's like, this is what, it's like a download for me. And it's, I get the privilege of learning what he's, what he's learned. But I think it's really inviting because in the beginning days, I feel like Mike was more involved in like masterminds and stuff, but he always invited me. I was always a part of the vision and not being like, this is his vision. So I think that that's something that happens a lot too. And the women's side too, it's like, we charge ahead. And then we're like, they're like, well, what about me? So inviting each other in into this like journey together, like, it's not just about me. Like I'm going through this growth, but I want you to come with me. I love that. I think it's so true. I, I think, you know, one of the things I always say is like, I couldn't have forced Nathan to do anything mm-hmm. like a hundred percent. Like there was no, like, I couldn't make him do anything. I just had to be so invested in myself and so invested in my journey that like, as he, as like a witness to it was like, wow, okay, there's something going on there. And I think, you know, in the beginning, oftentimes, and this is just my belief, but in the beginnings, oftentimes, like women, especially, I think they have this tendency to like, um, you know, be growing and like trying to push it on someone and telling them that they need to be a part of it and all the things. And I think one of the biggest ways to show someone is to show someone, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That's like one of the biggest ways it's like, I actually go and do the fucking thing, actually like live, like live the life, walk the walk, talk the talk. And then it shows that other person like, oh, okay, there is something to this. And I think, you know, it may have taken Nathan a couple of years to understand that like, oh, wow, you're actually doing the thing and you're actually growing and maybe I should get on board here. And I do believe that I'm so blessed that he did do that. But now I think and hundred percent, like what you said, right? Like we haven't joined anything together as a couple, but you know, I have my coaches and masterminds and all the things, and he has his YPO and he has his men's group at church and things like that. Is Mike part of YPO or EO? He's not. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all, all of that to be said, it's, you know, it's very much the same type of thing as a mastermind, yeah. a forum group and all the things. And for him to understand that energy and that growth and to be around those type of people has been absolutely monumental for now he understands what I'm doing. I think that that's so important. Yeah. Like just getting around the same kind of energetic people, like you're saying, like he goes to EO, like those are the kind of things, um, but it's like his thing. Right. So it's not like you're like dragging him to a a woman's conference or something, you know? Um, But I also like even dinners, like, having dinner with people who have like like like-minded conversations or who elevate you. um, I think that that's been the biggest game changer for us too, as a couple is making sure we're surrounding with other couples and just even people, it doesn't even have to be a couple, but other people who talk different, like it just changes. Then you're like, Oh, I want to hang out with more people like this, you know? Absolutely. And I actually think that it's a huge takeaway for our listeners today about like, you know, living life on your own terms and all the things, because you know, one thing that Nathan said to me and I had like, like, cause money mindset, I know that's your jam. And I'm like, 
I'm always on my, on my journey through it. You know, I, I'm definitely not at the top of the top, but I'm, I'm so much better than where I was. Um, always. <laughs> oh my God. Always. It's such a journey. Um, for the people who are like, yeah, I've got it all figured out. I was like, oh fuck, you don't got anything figured out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do think that that's so the truth because along the way, Nathan has always said like, you know, if your money mindset brings you back to like, a good example, like what we Nathan and I've talked about is like, if you always stay at like the holiday inn and you don't, you want to be around people who stay at the St. Regis, then figure out, even if it's just once a year, figure out how to stay at the St. Regis because mm. then you're around people who stay at the St. Regis. And the more you stay at the St. Regis, the more you realize that you want to stay at the St. Regis and you'll figure out how to stay at the St. Regis. And like, that was just kind of like his mentality. It's the same thing. I actually talked about this on a podcast that I did. It was just like a solo episode talking about a woman who joined my mastermind one time. She came to a retreat. This was years ago, four or five years ago. And I had no idea, but she put the whole entire thing on a credit card. She like literally took a bus to get there. She had never been. And we stayed at this like hilltop, you know, pool overlooking downtown Los Angeles. Like it was a beautiful experience. And she said, being in that house made her understand that like, number one, she'd never been in a situation like that before, but it made her go, holy shit, like, this is the life that I want. And this is like, I fit in here. And now I'm just going to start showing up into my life. And I know that that sounds for some people like woo woo, but it's so fucking true. Like if you want to have the lifestyle that certain people have, figure out how to go and stay at the St. Regis. You know, Jesse Itzler, I don't know if you've ever heard him talk about this, but he, uh, maybe it was the Beverly Hills Hotel. I can't remember exactly what it was, but before he had money, he used to go and sit in the bar at the Beverly Hills Hotel and order a salad and water in order to be surrounded by those people. Like that to me is just like, don't say that there isn't a way. You can order a salad at the St. Regis or at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And all of a sudden you're hanging around with people who are at the Beverly Hills Hotel. If that's what you want, then always figure out a way to get around those people. I love what you just said there. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that and love that so much. It's just, it's all about environment and putting yourself in that environment. Totally. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, it's super helpful. Like, it's so true. Like if you want to be around those people, if you want to have that lifestyle, then figure out how to fucking just like go hang out in the, <laughs> go hang in out the lobby. Street, just lobby, drink some water and eat some free peanuts. I don't really know, but <laughs> you know, it's so true, but putting yourself in those environments. So the, you know, I always kind of ask like the last question, what is one of the best decisions that you've ever made that you were afraid to make? Perhaps it turned out as you thought, or perhaps it turned out worse. And if it did, what was the lesson that you learned? Mm, I think it's, we already talked about this, but I think honestly, it's when we opened our first business and just went all in. And I think the lesson that I learned is that we're so much more capable of what we can do than what we think we can. Like we think in our minds, like, oh, I'll go this far. Like I'm mind blown at the life that we live today. And if I could go back to pre, pre-opening that business, Kara, I would, I think I would be like, if I could see myself today, I would be completely mind blown at the life that we've created just by taking that leap that seemed so scary and seemed like we were going to, you know, drown, <laughs> to be honest. And 
I think, you know, like just really taking that chance on yourself and, and trusting that you will figure it, like you said, you'll figure it out and it's going to be so beautiful and there's going to be so many ups and downs and that's okay. Yeah. You just made the decision and you started taking action from it, even when you're scared. And I think that like, that's exactly it. Like everyone, I think, you know, perhaps someone who's listening to this is like, that could never be me, but you know, Kara, 22 years ago, didn't think that that could be her either. I, I literally, there's, there's no way in the world that I am supposed to be living this life that I'm living right now. Like there's, there was no like, like track set in front of me that was like, oh yeah, you're going to have this like bougie ass, awesome life that you actually really, really like. There was no reason why I should have this besides the fact that I was just like, I basically dumpster fired everything. I was like, just fuck this. I'm going to figure it out from here. And I just love what you said. And I just hope that people listening can understand that like Kara and Mike now live this amazing life with three, four in the photos, <laughs> kids. <laughs> and you guys are now living in Austin. You're doing this whole Airbnb thing. I'm now living in a hotel, but you're handling like a boss. We talked about this before we hit record. <laughs> I don't know if I can live in a hotel Airbnb for six weeks, but how cool is that? Like what a life, yep. right? Because you're living life on your own terms. Well, I'm super grateful. Before we uh, sign off, tell everyone where they can find you, how they can follow you, you and Mike. And perhaps if anyone is listening and they need a couple's mastermind, perhaps, are you taking new people next year? Yeah, next year. Yes, not this year, but for next year, yeah. Cool, tell us, tell everyone where we can go. Yeah, yeah, um, probably uh, the best place is Instagram, Kara underscore Ayala. And, um, just DM me there. I love when people DM me. Um, and then also my, I have a podcast marriage, money, and mayhem. And my husband has a podcast investing for freedom. And so if you're interested in the couples mastermind or anything, you can just message us and get, we can get you on the list. Awesome. Cool. You guys, thank you so much, Kara, for being here. I enjoyed it so much. I love when I get to chat with high vibe humans who are living a, living an awesome life. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.